7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Jim along with Cake today. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Now she got your Mesa gear on. I've got my Mesa hat on. Can't technically wear it tonight. No, no, you cannot. You're doing PA tonight, right? I'm doing PA tonight, and I learned over the radio yesterday uh, during the Mesa baseball game that Harrison Rogers will be doing tomorrow night. So. Okay. <laughs> I heard the guys talking about it, but, uh, but you hey. and Harrison both do great jobs. Oh, I, l- I love, I love Harry. He's he's my guy. He came. We were talking at halftime at one of the games, and he said, "Yeah, I've actually like taken a lot of inspiration from you." I'm like, "My guy, oh. my guy, oh." So we all know who I'm, who cakes are rooting for. I'm a, little, I'm, a little, I'm a little choked up here for you. A That's, little, a little verklempt. A little jealous. Nobody's ever said that about me. Well, Please. you are you are an inspiration. For how to do it a different way. I wasn't going to say that. Take it a different path. No, just kidding. Well, that's great. That's cool. That, that, isn't that nice when somebody, even though it's not like he's a lot younger than you. No. A few years. A few years, yeah. That's pretty cool, though. I, I think it'll be hilarious because they got the, I I believe the doubleheaders Saturday, I think. For them. I could be it's wrong. today. Okay, so maybe... Single he, game tomorrow. Okay, so... Doubleheader today. I was going to say, because if he was... If he talked to Skip and said, hey, I can do game one, I can't do game two, because I got potential RMAC right. finals. I would... I, <laughs> I would kind of want to see him do it in, while he's still in his baseball uniform. That would be great. He comes running in there. He's all like... <laughs> Welcome everybody to the CMU, home of the Mavericks. He's got like dirt all over. Sound like the kid on Malcolm the Middle? Was it Stevie (laughs) from Malcolm the Middle? Exactly. Which that show is now, it's like getting so... It doesn't seem like that show was on that long ago, but it's now been on... It's been a long time. I saw where Brian Cranston once... To do wants to bring that show back. Like Brian Cranston doesn't have anything going on. Do you do you know when the last episode of Malcolm in the Middle aired? I'm gonna say it's gotta be like two thousand two. Two thousand six. Oh really? Okay, a little more. A little more recent. Uh, first episode not a lot, but not, no. Uh first episode aired January of two thousand. Final episode was May of two thousand six. Officially, until not including like reruns and but yeah, but I'd, I'd heard that he wanted to do the show again. And Frankie Munoz, who of course is the Malcolm and Malcolm in the Middle, right? He's trying to get on the NASCAR circuit. He's kind of walked away, that. he's walked away from acting pretty much and and has been focused on that. And so he would be the hang up in this whole thing. That he's not sure he wants to do it. Because he's trying to get, Cause he's, get on a NASCAR. Yeah, he's kind of moved on from acting. and But it's just weird that you think Brian Cranston, the big star that Brian Cranston's become, he would be the guy that's like, oh, I'm just way too busy. I don't have time to do that. Now, he's the one that wants to do it really badly. Thinks it would be fun to do the show again. And some kind of maybe shortened run or something like that. Uh, Mavericks play at noon tomorrow. So it should work out pretty good if Harrison Rogers is in the starting lineup tomorrow to get there. 
to do PA. And he had a good game yesterday, too. Justin Mavericks had a big offensive day. And uh, young Mr. Hohenstein, freshman pitcher, did a nice job on the bump yesterday. We'll talk more about that coming up a little bit. You'll hear from Chris Hanks as well this morning. So it's a very busy show today. Uh, you'll hear from Kyle Crowder, Delta Panthers girls basketball coach. Mark Cantor sat down and spoke with him. The uh, Delta girls in the grade eight tonight, they take on the top seed Holy Family. And two teams, according to Coach Kyle Crowder, that have a lot in common. So you can catch the game tonight. Delta Panther girls in the grade eight. 4A state tournament, Denver Coliseum. Lights don't get much brighter than this. No, they don't. Tip off at 7, pregame at 645 tonight with Mark Cantor. And we'll have that over on the Monkey here in the Valley. If you want to uh, listen in and cheer on the, the Delta girls, we like to support all the Western Slope teams. Absolutely. like to cheer on everybody from our side of the hill. Uh, 95.7 FM, 97.1 in Delta for that game tonight from the Denver Coliseum. So uh, we have a lot of uh, area teams in-state tournament action tonight. We'll go through some of that coming up in just a moment with what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest, so uh, we'll get into that. But a very busy show. Mike DeGeorge, Colorado some men's basketball coach, will join us at uh, the top of uh, next hour. We'll also have around the NFL as well, the latest on the Broncos and the rest of the league. So uh, Mike DeGeorge will help us set the stage for tonight's matchup with Colorado School of Mines. As the Mavericks face them for the third time this season, Mavericks um, looking to get into the RMAC Tournament Championship game tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Tip-off at 5 tonight for uh, that game between uh, the Maverick men and Colorado School of Mines or Diggers. And then 7.30 tonight, you'll have the other semifinal game. That will not be on the air, by the way. We should just let you know. Just the Mavericks will be on the air tonight. That is Black Hill State taking on uh, Fort Lewis College. So, but if you wanted to watch it, it would be on the RMAC Network. Absolutely. You can watch it on the RMAC Network. I believe Ethan Jordan's going to have that one, uh, both those games on the RMAC Network uh, Buckeye will have tonight's game, then I'll have the championship game, knock on wood, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock here on the Team CMU Sports Assuming Network. all goes well. Yes, assuming all goes well. Tonight we'll talk with Mike DeGeorge coming up at the top of next hour. So uh, lots to get to on the program today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Also, too, since we mentioned girls' state basketball tournament action, congratulations to the Glenwood Springs girls. Yes. They're into the final four. Second time ever they've been into the final four. It'd be George Washington last night, 48-41 over the Coliseum to get to the Final Four. Nice. So uh, congratulations going out to Rhonda Mosier, who has been coaching that team for 11 years. So uh, well done on the <laughs> Springs Demons girls part, getting into the uh, 5A Grade 8. They're moving into the Final Four after they win in the Grade 8 last night. So a um, couple of other things. Not so good news in regarding Brendan Rogers. Dislocated shoulder that Ow. happened earlier this week. Ow. Will be out for the no, the long term. It's, it's already been a injury riddled career for the former Grand Junction Rocky. Yeah, it's not good. And um, was diving for a ball the other day, and that that's a big loss. Yeah. Because he was primed for a really, really big twenty twenty three. And now, who knows when he'll be back with the Rockies. So, lots to get to on the program today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Want to give a little shout-out to the Maverick men tonight in that semifinal game. You can do that for your area basketball team. Want a little, uh, send a little love here on the Western Slope to your team because we've got a slew of teams 
that are in the starting state tournament play tonight. And they said, we'll go through everybody here in just a moment. But you've got uh, Plateau Valley boys. They're taking on Telluride tonight. Plateau Valley, they're the, they're the fifth seed in the 2A state tournament. Wow. Got Ethan Morris has played really well for them this year at 12 points per game. Mike Vig, former Central Warrior, former Mav, is their head coach. Going to try to track Mike down. He's been elusive. Not on his, <laughs> not necessarily on his part has he tried to be elusive, but uh, we're going to hopefully maybe have him on uh, by the end of the show this morning. But uh, you have, like I said, Plateau Valley taking on Telluride, a little Western Slope showdown there in the 2A Boys State Tournament, Cedar Edge Boys. Uh, Luke Maxey, who, of course, started on the football field for Craig Cerise, has also been really good on the hardwood. He's averaging almost 15 points per game. Cedar Edge is the fifth seed. They have Strasburg at 7 o'clock tonight. So uh, plenty of girls' teams in action as well. And uh, we'll get into all of it coming up here in just a few minutes. So uh, text or call the show if there's something on your mind today. It's a little bit of a um, free-for-all, whatever you want to uh, offer up your opinion on. Uh, Mark Hisla for the Post We'll talk about the Rodgers injury. Saying that basically that, look, if Dick Monfort thinks the Rockies are going to play 500 baseball, well, he says he'll bet him a a Coors Light. The Rockies come, come closer to losing 100 games than they do 500. Sometimes I agree with Kisla. Sometimes I don't. This might be one where I agree with Mark Kisla. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that the Rockies will be... I'd love, I'd love to be wrong. I'd like for Dick Monfort to be right. I just don't... With that division, with the fact they really haven't done anything to improve this baseball team to the degree you would think that they would. And that's just it. Is It's... You know, the NL West is a very strong division. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if there's a team, or a division rather, that the Rockies would necessarily thrive in because of what you just said they didn't do anything yeah they're of of the teams that you know i mean in in their division they they did the least of anybody they did among the least of anybody in all of baseball during this offseason right i mean and and so i guess the feeling is is that you have chris bryant hopefully a healthy chris bryant hopefully that's your quote free agent that's your that was actually last year that only your, played in 40 games that's and, your bell cow right there yeah that you're you're expecting a lot from him you know, charlie blackman made his first start defensively in spring training he got a couple of hits in the rocky 6-4 loss yesterday to the white Sox. so uh, we'll see um i i just you know like, I, I guess today pile you, your thoughts about that because i i just I just feel like they're they're probably going to end up in the in the basement. I think, like usual, they'll have a stretch where they'll they'll play really well. They'll surprise us and they'll tease everybody before June. Then the infamous June swoon will come in, and then and then the rest of the season, you're going okay. When when do the Broncos kick it off? Right, <laughs> Broncos uh, training camp. When, and then... when when do the Abs and Nuggets get going? I I just I, I want to be optimistic. I'd like to be positive about the Rockies. And please, Robert, don't text in that they need to shave and have haircuts, and that's going to change and, and everything. Robert, please be like the Yankees and spending it's not, money. It's not we spend money, but we just spend it recklessly. We spend it poorly, poor investments. And this, I mean, and, and look, Chris Bryant could be one of those examples again of 
money poorly spent. We'll see. I, if last year's any indication that you you've wasted one hundred and eighty-two million dollars, that's Chris Bryant's going to have to have a huge year. He's going to have to have an all-star year. He's, where he's going to hit yeah. have to hit at least thirty some home runs. Oh, driving a hundred. Yeah, he's going to have to have that kind of year for people to go. Okay, that was probably money well spent. Yeah, and 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 I don't know if his I don't know physically if he can hold up to that. I don't know. His injury history is now starting to become like Brendan Rodgers' injury history, which is not good. That's and and so we'll we'll see. But have you got some thoughts on the Rockies today? Really, truly, the only optimistic thing about the Rockies right now, ironically, is their farm system. And not like a, the whole lot, but you're you know you're Zach Veens of the world, right? Who's had a good spring training? He's not going to get called up this year because he's you know he's still very much in the developmental side of of things. But if if we're being honest here, and I mean he's probably the the future or potential future of the Rockies is the thing to look forward to most this year, which is to say, we ain't really looking forward to much this year. Well, and in The Athletic, they have a piece out from their Major League Baseball staff about the players that from each team that will likely outperform their fantasy draft ranking. All right. Okay, we'll play a little, little guessing game here before we get into what's happening. Oh, boy. Who do you think that player is that will outperform his fantasy draft ranking? I'm just going to say... Charlie Blackman. Good guess. Good job. Ding, ding, ding. Really? Out, of the, out of the gate. Okay. Charlie Blackman. Blind squirrel. Yeah. Finds nut. Broken clocks right twice a day. Twice a day. And a good guess of Charlie Blackman. That um, that the new shift rules, won't, according to the article, won't, won't boost lefty hitters all that much. But Blackman was among the hitters with the most hard hit balls stolen by the shift last year. So now that the shift is banned... This could really benefit him. Well, and the other thing too is that he is—he had the off-season surgery. I believe it was his knee. I could be wrong. He had some something done to fix whatever ailment, whatever malady he had. And hearing from Bud Black a little while ago during, uh, or hearing, he had a torn meniscus, torn in, meniscus. His le- in his okay. left knee. Okay, so. That's fixed, hopefully, and he's been able to kind of recover from that and hopefully get to maybe not the fullest of full strength because he is pushing, what, 36, 37 maybe? He's mid-30s, yeah. Mid-30s, so, you know, he's not going to be in the primest of shape, but he's going to be hopefully in better condition than he was with the torn meniscus. You'd hope, you'd like to think. And again, like you, like the athletic pointed out, with these new changes to the shift rule, maybe that helps him just just, just a little bit. You know, we'll you, see. You have to hope. You know, is he going to hit thirty-five bombs? Probably not. No. But will you know some of the the RBI numbers, some of those things improve his OBP? You know, and so the average should should it be better? And now without the shift, too, that I mean, there's, you know, according to Nick Groke, he thinks that there's a chance that even 
Charlie mid thirties could lead the league in triples because of Coors Field, because of his ability to, to pull the ball. And, oh yeah, and uh, and so that's a possibility as well. So anyway, text or call us today. We'd love to hear from you on this Friday. Very busy Friday with Rockies baseball coming up today with the National League West rivals, the Giants at twelve fifty five today on the team. Things are starting to stabilize my life a little bit. Finally getting kind of moved into the new house. A little bit settled a little bit. Things, yeah, things are starting. Internet's working. Good. Who would, have, okay, who would have thought that would be an essential, like, having a shower and running water and, and, a, oh. and a place to go one and two in, comfortable place to sleep, that all that internet would be a crucial part oh, that was, of your existence. That was when I first moved here full-time almost six years ago it's i i would routinely find myself going out to places that had wi-fi just so i could like text my family you know so yeah no i i'm with you the the wi-fi the internet hookup it is yeah which of course gives the internet companies the ability to (laughs) we have you where we want you i'm not gonna say any names but no. uh, yeah. but you probably know who. We're... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so. or, or maybe you don't. Maybe it's yeah, en- entirely up to you. Yeah, seven seventeen, and it's time for what's happening. Brought to you by Nathan and the good folks over at ComWest. They're your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Areas like network support, cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, surveillance, business phone systems like we have here at the radio station from ComWest, PC and server support, they've got you covered. They're your technology service partner. Call them today because they can help your business run more efficiently. 970-242-8142 for ComWest. Tonight on the team, it's the RMAC Men's Basketball Tournament. Colorado Mesa Men, top seed, want to share the regular season title. They take on the team that helped them get that share of the regular season title. Yes. The Colorado School of Mines or Diggers tonight. Uh, the Mavericks match up against uh, Mines. Pre-game at 445, tip-off at 5 o'clock. And the other semifinal game tonight, Pitts, Fort Lewis against Black Hill State. Once again, tip-off at 730 for that one tonight. Right here on the Team CMU Sports Network with the championship game. The Maverick men win tonight, 6 o'clock tomorrow night right here on the team. All right, Colorado Mesa baseball yesterday. The Mavericks opened up their uh, final non-RMAC homestand, final non-conference games of the season, taking on Montana State Billings. Mavericks uh, dumped the Yellow Jackets yesterday, 19-8. Freshman pitcher Liam Hohenstein gets a win. He went four innings, gave up six hits, two runs, a walk, and five strikeouts. But Kennedy Harris, had to be your player of the game. Comes up with a grand slam yesterday for the Mavs. To the track, to the wall, it's gone! A grand slam for Kennedy Hara. The freshman clears the bases. Kennedy Hara, the grand salami for his first Maverick home run. That's Ethan Jordan on the call on the Team CMU Sports Network. Mavs now 7-5. and five. They play a doubleheader today at noon and 3 o'clock against Montana State Billings. Two teams on long winning streaks collide tonight. The Denver Coliseum is the eighth-seeded Delta Panthers girls basketball team. Faces top-seed Holy Family in the 4A grade 8. The Panthers are riding a 17-game winning streak with the Tigers on a six-game winning streak. Delta coach Kyle Crowder says the two teams have a lot in common. We're equally or more athletic than they are, I feel like. They have one big girl and one like very true point guard 
whereas we got every kid can kind of play every position. So they're a little more defined in maybe their roles. Fiona Sanishal leads 22 and 3 Holy Family at 11.8 points and 10.3 three, excuse me 10.3 rebounds per contest. The 19 and 5 Panthers are paced by Kylie Huff's 9.2 points per game with Taylor Summers averaging 9 points per game. Per game starts at 6:45 tonight. The Monkey with Mark Cantor on the call with tip off at seven. Catch the game at 97.1 in Delta and 95.7 in the Grand Valley. The Glenwood Springs girls basketball teams into the 5A Final Four after defeating George Washington 48-41 last night at the Denver Coliseum. Demons guard Jocelyn Spires led Glenwood with 18 points with Tori Taylor adding 10. It's Glenwood's second ever Final Four as they face the winner of Windsor and Meade next Thursday at the Coliseum. The boys' 1A state basketball tournament includes three Western Slope teams in action tonight. The 23rd-seeded Debec Dragons play a 10-seeded Flatirons Academy. 32nd-seeded Uray plays a top-seed Bellevue Christian with 28-seeded Nucla at 5th-seeded Otis. All three of those games start at 6 o'clock, and the 1A girls' 19-seeded Nucla is at 14-seeded Eads at 3 o'clock today with the 29-seeded Debec Dragons at 4-seeded Dove Creek at 4 o'clock today in the 2A boys' tournament. This seat of Plateau Valley hosts 28 seated Telluride. The 17 and 3 Cowboys are led by Ethan Morris at 12 points per game. Tip off is set for 7:30 in Colburn. 32nd seated Rangeley's at top seated Crowley County at six. And the girls' 21st seat of Plateau Valley is at 12 seated Heritage Christian at 7:30. Seven seated Rangeley hosts 26 seated Elbert at five o'clock tonight. In 3A, fifth seated Cedar Edge hosts 28 seated Strasburg at seven tonight. The 18 and 3 Bruins are paced by Luke Maxey at 14.9 points per game. 32nd-seeded Grand Valley plays a top-seeded Faith Christian at 6, with 17-seeded Roaring Fork at 16-seeded Woodland Park at 7, 25th-seeded Meekers at 8-seeded Lake County at 5.30, and the girls, 8-seeded North Fork host 25th-seeded Windsor Charter Academy at 7 o'clock, 31st-seeded Cedar Edge is at 2nd-seeded Centauri at 3.30, 18-seeded Olathe is at 15-seeded Brush at 3.30, Gunnison, Crested Butte, and Grand Valley are also in action tonight in the 3A girls. And Rockies yesterday falling to the uh, Chicago White Sox, 6-4. to four. And uh, once again, we'll have Rockies, San Francisco from Arizona today. Spring training action with Jack Corgan and Jerry Schimmel. Pre-game at 12.55. Maverick basketball at 5 o'clock tonight against Mines. And then later on tonight, right around 7.30, uh, we'll have uh, the pregame for the Nuggets and Memphis Grizzlies tonight. So lots going on today with Rockies and Mavs and the Nuggets tonight on the team sports network you get it all today you get it all today right here on the team what's happening and the delta panther girls over on the monkey tonight all right so text or call us 970-242-1340 appreciate you listening to the the program this morning got something on your mind today i think the rockies will do just anything in general kind of a, just a free-flowing free-for-all sports buffet smorgasbord discussion today love it on the program so uh text in chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line at 970-242-1340. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Team Sports Network. Stay by the radio. You are listening to The Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for call the show today, 970-242-1340. Mark Kisla thinks that the Rockies would be far closer to losing 100 games than the 500 prediction of owner Dick Monfort. See if you have some agreement on that. 
text or call 970-242-1340. From Robert, you guys are spooky. How did you know I was listening? We just have that sense about us, Robert. I just, Robert, I just know you're, you keep beating the drum, man, on that, um, they need to get a shave and a haircut, two bits thing. And that's going to fix all their problems. It's, gonna, it's not. It, it's not. If it was, I would be the first guy to say, everybody to the barber shop, everybody to the haircut and the shave. And guess what? So would all, all the Rockies players, too. They'd be like, okay. All right, here we go. Let's go. I, I can grow a beard in the offseason. I don't care. But that's not going to fix everything. Be nice if it did. I wish it was that simple. But Black, like, why, why didn't we do this years ago? Right. All those times. <laughs> Going from Tempo this morning. The only optimistic thing about the Rockies is their party deck. Which, to be completely fair, is actually not a bad place. It's not. When I went there for the All-Star game a couple years ago with my friends, you know what? It it wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. I, I've never been up there. I've, I've wanted to go, and then I've thought about it, and it's like, uh, it seems like a long way up there. I don't know. If you do ever go up there, be prepared for a lot of standing. It's 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 probably best yeah, for like a more social. I'm. It's for it's for the people who really don't care about baseball. Yeah, but want to go do something. Yeah, that's in, that's fine, and that's I tend when I spend my money to go to a baseball game, I tend to go to watch the baseball game. Not right. I mean, socialize. We we go with people. Right. You know, the people that we the couple we go with or whoever. Yeah, okay, that's that's fine, but. Let's see. Also, from Timbo, don't we have this conversation about the Rockies every single year? I think this we is do. What, this is what Dick Monfort does. I, I'll give okay. At least I'll give Dick some credit this year. It's not the ninety wins and we're going to be a playoff team or win the division kind of insane prediction, right? It's at least a little more closer grounded to reality than previously stated by the owner of the Rockies that. Five, now five hundred is the objective, which that's that's at least a more realistic, potentially right attainable goal than winning ninety games and winning the division. Or I, I now, just I'll, I'll give him that much credit. At least it's more grand in reality. To be perfectly clear, Brendan. To be fair, to be fair, Brendan Rogers was probably not gonna be the the linchpin to a 500 season necessarily before he got injured, but he definitely doesn't, doesn't help. It doesn't help. You know, the, the most important thing, really, truly the most critical thing, if Mr. Monfort is going to be anywhere close to his prediction, what will get them there is a healthy Chris Bryant. And, and I, I agree. And with a what, productive, Right. right, and I agree with something Kisla says in his piece today. The, with the Rodgers injury, put Bryant at third base. Don't play him in the outfield. Right. I mean, he, he played 926 games of his career so far at third base. And, and, and so why are you playing him as an outfielder DH? You got Charlie to be your DH now. Have Charlie be your DH, which is going to be the role he plays most of the time anyway. And have Ryan McMahon play second. Because remember, Mac did play some second. It, yeah. it, do, it does make sense. And and you have him there, and 
and then you sort it out when Rodgers comes back what you do. But I, I, I just, I, I agree. With, like I said, I don't always do this, but I, I do agree with Mark Kisler this time. The, these moves make some sense. Playing Brian at third, where it's it's not, first base is less wear and tear than third, but at least it's less wear and tear than, I get it, well, you're in the outfield standing around a lot, but you're also running back and forth in the outfield. You have to chase down balls. Right. Third base, you're going side to side. You're not you know, coming up on, on, on a ground ball. There's not the, the wear and tear of playing the outfield, plus a big, gigantic outfield. Like Coors Field. Like Coors, Coors Field possesses. And so it, it makes some sense. And it's where he's played a good chunk of his career. We remember his primary, when he won the MVP in 2016. He was predominantly a third baseman. I mean, we remember the conversations years ago when the who's the better third baseman, Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant, was a thing. Absolutely, it's you know, and, it's, it's Nolan. Well, now it is because and now Nolan now Nolan's the only one that's still playing third base. I, I just think if you're if you're Bud Black, you have to. I agree with Kisla on this. You have to look at where Bryant's played previously where he's going to have the most impact for you and and put Ryan McMahon back at a place where he has played previously. Agreed. And, and could he become another DJ LeMayhew moving him back to second base? Maybe. It, 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 it might be the better fit for him with the Rodgers injury. So we got some thoughts on that today. Text or call 970-242-1340. Jim along with Cake today. We'll have Where in the World is Tyler Franson coming up. Uh, next hour, your chance to win a case of Fat Tire from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. So, um, Nuggets in Memphis, they score off tonight. We'll have it uh, following Maverick basketball, pregame at 7.30 tonight with Jason Kosminski. And so, uh, it's the uh, final game between the Nuggets and the Grizzlies before the playoffs. And so, the Nuggets tonight, 44-19, and Memphis 38-23. and Memphis is 12 and 18 on the road, by the way. So keep that in mind. Where the Nuggets have been just brilliant at home, 28 and 4 on their home floor at Ball Arena. So um, for the Nuggets tonight, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in regard to, you know, what, what, you know, how things play out with John Morant. Um, you know, they, with, with Morant, you got to make a decision on, on you know how you're going to handle him from and guarding him right, you know you do you let him score? Do you try to shut down the passing lanes? Do you force it to let somebody else have to take over the scoring for for the Grizzlies tonight? We'll see how they approach him because you know, or you hope you just you know you double him and he and he can't you know he can't score and other guys don't hit their shots anyway. John Moran is a guy you have to find a way to neutralize or at least slow him down somewhat tonight. One of the very best players in the NBA. And last time they met, um, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Couldn't have shot their way out of a wet paper, you know, wet paper bag. No. They, uh, they were terrible. They were combined two of 12 from three point range. And this was actually from the matchup last weekend where they scored a total of 13 points. So this wasn't the last time against Memphis last last weekend, or actually in the matchup last weekend, I should say it was Memphis, where they didn't play very well. And their two games since then, though, they've combined for 50 and 49 points along with eight threes. 
So they've been better as of late. When they're better, it makes life better for everybody else in this team. Right. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon went healthy, and obviously the back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic. And all the scratches on his arm that apparently, no, we're not, we're not going to call fouls on opposing players for tearing into his flesh. Come on. So uh, Stephen Adams, who's known for liking for liking to ram Rochambeau guys, mm-hmm. kick him in the pills, knee yeah. him in the pills. Uh, Stephen Adams, not ideal. Who's a, who's a really good defensive player, by the way. He is. Um, but he's out. But they still have Jaron Jackson, who is certainly in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. He's one of the better shot blockers. But he also tends to get himself in foul, foul trouble. And so in, in the 44 games he's played, he has four more fouls in 23 games, including both against the Nuggets. So no Adams, get Jaron Jackson, Jr. in foul trouble, and life should be a whole lot easier in the interior for Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and the Nuggets. Though Aaron Gordon's it is expected to play. Um, Gordon, of course, has been out for a while. But uh, Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic expected to be your starting five tonight uh, for the Nuggets and Memphis Grizzlies. Once again, pregame at 7.30 tonight. Tip-off at 8 with Jason Kosminski. It all goes down tonight at Ball Arena in that one. All right, 7.36. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We'll have our uh, interview with Kyle Crowder. Mark Cantor uh, graciously uh, uh, did this. Talk to Kyle Crowder. Mark will have the call tonight on the monkey when Delta takes on Holy Family with pregame at 645. We'll have that coming up in just a moment. But right now it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Spring training baseball has one advantage that regular season does not, and that is mic'd up players in the field. Aaron Judge in the outfield, mic'd up, talking to the broadcast booth, and was asked about cartoons. Clip the other day where they asked you to name your favorite television show, and you went back and forth, and you ended up with the Looney Tunes. Did I hear that right? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I felt like I was on Jeopardy or something. They keep catching me off guard with these questions they bring. You know, they're simple, easy questions, but in the moment, you know, I need to. I need. I think I need the pitch clock, you know, so I can speed up a little bit. But it was, yeah, Looney Tunes. You know, that was, you know, Saturday mornings as a kid waking up. You know, turn on like Cartoon Network or something. You got a little Looney Tunes going on. So, have had some fun with that. Who's your favorite Looney Tune? I'm gonna put a pitch clock on this. You're <laughs> I'm looking. I don't see it. It didn't start yet. I'm not in the box. I'm not in the box. But, um, well, you know, Bugs Bunny, you know, Daffy Duck kind of me off every now and then. <laughs> what, what did Daffy do to you? Uh, he was always messing with Bugs. Man. He you was can't always have messing yeah. with Bugs. I'm with you. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. That is one of the, the fun things about spring train. A little looser. Oh, yeah. You know, it's you have moments like that where Aaron Judge can talk about Looney Tunes characters and Daffy Duck. And, and he's absolutely right about Daffy Duck. Daffy's kind of a You're despicable. <laughs> he's he's a little he's a little extra as the kids he's a, he's would say. A, he's a lot. He's, he's a lot. A, he's a lot, lot to handle. Lot to handle. All right, seven thirty nine. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 
Touchdown. Every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Delta Girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder on the team. So Kyle, um, we had another playoff blowout over Severance uh, when we played them last week. And, you know, I thought the girls looked a little tight to start, but once things got rolling, they, they really got rolling. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the way that this season has been. I mean, we come out and uh, we've been pretty efficient starting off the game, but we were we missed a few easy bunnies and then we gave up a couple of uh, uh, offensive rebounds um, to start that game off. But once our kids kind of got their feet underneath them, I felt like we settled in and um, I mean, it was just really good team ball all the way from the beginning to the end. So in the playoffs, um, if my calculations are correct, and I don't always do math very well, but um, we've scored the most total points of all the teams that are still in it in the Elite Eight. We've also had the largest um, point differential as far as between the winning and losing teams. Um, does that speak to how well the team's playing or maybe more so to the quality of the competition or a combination of both? I think, I think it's definitely both. You know, I think um, both the teams that came in here, you know, it's tough to come this far to play. Um, so them getting off the bus, I knew that they weren't going to have as, as good of an option um, as we are sitting at home. So that, along with we're shooting the ball extremely well right now, um, I think those kind of compounded and, and made that score a little lopsided. But, um, you know, we can't deny the fact that, that we are shooting the ball well and, and we're playing really well. We're, we're still assisting on almost 70% of our buckets. I mean, um, all that is just going to create good scoring opportunities and, and the better the scoring opportunity the more likely you're going to score so well and and i think we're playing really good defense right now as well on the other side of the ball we are you know and i think um some of that comes down to going in with a good game plan the kids are really starting to understand you know kind of the logic behind like why are we going to guard certain girl a certain way um, so just just having a little more understanding, I think that, that their basketball knowledge is, is growing and, and we're starting to develop a little bit more of, of that aspect of our game. I feel like there's a lot of good things that those kids are, are getting better at every single week, and, and that does translate into good defense. So when we got the eighth seed, we knew if we made it to the Elite Eight, we'd be facing the number one more than likely in Holy Family. Um, both you guys have been blowing out opponents all season. Um, both are on extended winning streaks. Heck, we haven't lost since pretty much right after the holiday break, you know, against Alamosa. I think they're on a six-game winning streak. How do you see these our two teams, you know, matching up here in this Elite Eight game? Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities between us and them. Uh, I feel like our personnel are very similar. I mean, we're, we're equally or more athletic than they are, I feel like. Um, they have one big girl and one like very true point guard, whereas we got every kid can kind of play every position. Um, so they're a little more defined in maybe their roles, but you know they, they do a lot of the same stuff. They play a lot of two three. They try to um, get open looks for their shooters. They try to run the floor in transition. Um, you know a lot of the things that we do, we kind of know um, because that's what we do every day in practice. So I think that's going to help us prepare. And we know certain girls that we're going to have to kind of uh, match up on. We put in a couple of different sets to try to create some spacing issues against them. So I mean I feel like that that. I mean, it, it's definitely a winnable ball game. We got to go in and there. We got to cut down turnovers, and we got to finish shots. I mean, that, that's going to be our key. So obviously, we don't want the season to end here at the Elite Eight, but there is a chance that it might. Um, if if that's the case, what do you want the girls to take away from this season? So the, the biggest takeaway I think is that 
we figured out that we can be very, very successful as a team. You know, I felt like that our chemistry was a little off at the beginning of the year, and as our chemistry and, and working together has just improved as a defensive unit, as an offensive unit, I feel like that they can understand that we don't have to be the biggest, the fastest, or the strongest, but if we work together as a team, I mean, I think that's going to get us a lot farther than having, you know, individuals with those, uh, you know, dominating characteristics. And with only two seniors this year, it's definitely something you, you can carry through to next year. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and coming in this year, we knew that missing the pieces that we were going to miss from last year, it was going to look different. And I think it took us a little bit to get settled into that. But seeing how well um, they've taken that role, you know, we don't, we don't have to have, you know, a kid come in and be our leading scorer every single night. We don't have to have somebody be uh, the one that we depend on all the time. Um, I think these kids are seeing how, how capable we are when everybody's contributing. Sounds good. Good luck. Thank you, Mark. All right, that's Mark Cantor with Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder. Grade 8 4A action tonight from the Denver Coliseum when uh, the Panther girls take on Holy Family. Uh, but look at the winning streak, 17 straight. Crazy for the Delta Panther girls. Mark rolled out some of the numbers there about how dominant Delta's been this basketball season. Holy Family's really good as well. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they lost to Roosevelt in overtime. So that was their last loss uh, prior to the six-game winning streak. Should be a good one tonight. Once again, pregame at 645, 7 o'clock tip, and you can hear that over on the Monkey, 97.1 in Delta, 95.7 here in the Valley. Some of the other girls' state basketball tournament action last night from 5A. You had uh, the Durango girls, who, uh, of course, won the, the Southwestern League for the first time in 25 years behind a, a sensational season from Mason Rowland. Uh, she had 24 points last night. The uh, Durango girls beat Canyon City 49-25. Uh, to 25. And so uh, Durango moves on. They're now 23-2. and two. And they were giving up an average of just 28.5 points per game. Wow. That was best in the 5A ranks. So that's how good Durango has been defensively this season. We mentioned Glenwood getting the win last night. They're into the Final Four for the first time, uh, for the second time, I should say, uh, in school history. Uh, they get the win last night, 48-41, to 41, to uh, move on to uh, the Final Four coming up next week over at the Denver Coliseum. So... Western Slope teams representing well uh, last night, obviously, with uh, uh, those victories. Now, as far as the uh, other 5A boys games last night, you had Air Academy beating Pueblo South 64-58. You had Mesa Ridge knocking off Dakota Ridge 65-55. Uh, Windsor, coached by John Rakeski, former Fruita Monument Wildcats standout, played at uh, Colorado State as well. John's team moves on with a 62-56 victory over Longmont. Frederick, they beat Meade last night, 76-61. The 5A girls, Roosevelt over Air Academy, 51-47. Mentioned Glenwood and Durango both winning last night. Windsor, the Wizards uh, getting a win on the boys' side and the girls' side. Windsor beats Meade last night, 44-41. So some of the action from last night's state basketball tournaments. We mentioned uh, that there's uh, a whole slew of Western Slope teams playing tonight. Uh, 1A, 2A, and 3A. And um, by the way, going back to 5A, so here's your final four for the girls and and the boys as far as 5A goes. For the girls, it'll be Glenwood against Windsor, and then it's Roosevelt against Durango. So you could have an all-Western Slope showdown in the state championship game 
between Durango and Glenwood. Nice. How cool would that be? Very cool. And the boys' side of it, Air Academy has Frederick. Mesa Ridge has Windsor to get to the state title game. So that's uh, how 5A looks after uh, last night's action. All right, text or call 970-242-1340. Will the Rockies be closer to 500? <laughs> will, will Dick Monfort be right? Or will Mark Kizzle be right? Will they be closer to 100 losses? I want your thoughts on that today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. I uh, got a text from Jared about the new uh, football leagues. Have you had a chance to uh, gloss over it? Not yet. Uh, oh, bu- busy day moving yesterday. We will. I will dissect that during the top of the hour. I will um, take a look at it and we'll discuss it next hour. Spoiler alert: It's a crock. <laughs> kind of like basketball this year. How it's kind of been laid out. Uh, but it hasn't been. It, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of how they put together some of the well, things. So here's, but both football take... You want to go ahead and talk about it? we got, we got a well, moment now. Go I'll, ahead. I'll give you just some of the cliff notes of, of reasons why this is upsetting. All right, so 5A, you have Fruit of Monument. Keep in mind, this is 2024-2025. This isn't, this isn't official. This is for 2024. These proposed football leagues. Proposed. So you have Fruit of Monument in the South Metro 5A with... Castleview, Mountain Vista, Rock Canyon, Thunder Ridge, and Valor Christian. So there's that. Moving on down to 4A. Grand Junction Central is in the North 2 4A, again, proposed for 2024, with Adam City, Broomfield, Longmont, Riverdale Ridge, and Skyline. Broomfield, who got to the state title game recently. So, and then Grand Junction is in the, for whatever reason, named I-25 League with Gateway, Cheyenne Mountain, Centaurus, Sand Creek, and Thornton. Now, it starts... Because Grand Junction's so close to I-25. Oh, so close. <laughs> and not any other interstate. The new school's so big, it spans all it's the way exactly across right. the mountains. And then it starts to look a little more normal when you get to 3A, Western Slope, 3A Montrose is in the Southern Colorado 1, by the way. I should mention Doherty, Falcon, Mesa Ridge, Montrose, Pueblo, West, and Whitefield. So then 3A, Western Slope, a little more normal, Battle Mountain, Eagle Valley, Glenwood Springs, Palisade, and Rifle back in the same league. That could be fun. Uh, Steamboat Springs in there as well. And then moving on down to 2A, West League, Similar to uh, previous years, Aspen, Basalt, Coleridge, Delta, Middle Park, and Moffat County. So as you get a little bit lower in classifications, it looks a little bit normal-er. See, and that change, okay, of these changes, it's probably the best for Delta. Yeah. They have to go over, because they had, like, university, they had to travel a lot more. This is a little more, fits geographically where they are. Fruit is up in 5A now, so they move them back to the, the top classification. And they put them in the same league as Valor Christian. What are you doing? What are you doing, Chassa? No, nobody here should be playing in, in, in 5A. I'm sorry, or 6A in basketball. Agreed. I, I just just don't don't think anybody should. We don't our, our kids don't play their, their freshman and JV kids enough. It's tough to do that. 
to get that experience playing those guys over there. The uh, the, the the travel, which they don't they don't care about how much we travel here. Geographically, it makes no sense. And I get it. And I understand why there's a lot of people, and, and I still pine for the days of the old Southwestern League. I still pine for those days. Mm-hmm. I understand why, because of the non-conference part of it. Because you can't get them to come over here. No. Unless it's a conference game. Unless you, they have to. They're mandated because they're in the same league. They have to show up over here and play. Which is a crock. That they're forced to come over, and that's the only reason why we don't have the Southwestern League anymore. Because non-conference can't... Because the non-conference is now what the... Basically, teams here play what used to be the Southwestern League schedule. Pretty much. Pretty much it. Okay. I was going to take a look at this during the break. We'll talk more about it. Because the, the benefits Delta. I think it's good for Delta. It's not good for Fruital Monument. No. And it's not... I mean, for Montrose, it's pretty much the same as what it's been. They play teams from the South and... That's kind of how it's been for Brett and those guys. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll get your input on that as well, Pyle. You high school football fans here on the Western Slope. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Hour 2 and Mike DeGeorge coming up next.